Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Small Ball Market, the podcast dedicated to news and discussion surrounding the small market teams of the NBA. I'm Zach Reglin, and joining me, as they do every week, are my co-hosts, Wyatt Reglin and Cody Cook. How are we doing, Cody? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you, Wyatt? I'm doing good. Good, good. Well, we might as well get right into it because we've kind of went over a lot over in the last couple of weeks. Um, the NBA put in new rule changes today, and uh, base, the the basis of the new rule so far is the one I really want to talk about first with the shot clock change. And uh, the main rule is that it used to uh, reset to 24 seconds when a team got an offensive rebound. And uh, now they lowered it to 14 seconds after a, te- after a team gets an offensive rebound. And this is meant to uh, speed up the game. I just want to know what you guys' initial thoughts were on this rule. It's Ed Davis is going to go from having three offensive rebounds a game to six. Um, I'm actually not sure what his, what were his actual offensive rebounds. I, I have no idea. All I'm saying is he's an offensive rebounding machine. It's going to be even better for Steven Adams. Did you know how many offensive rebounds? He gets more offensive rebounds than defensive rebounds. He gets nine rebounds a game, and five of them are offensive. Well, yeah, when Russell Westbrook is throwing up them shots on your team, you're bound to grab a couple of offensive rebounds. Okay, we probably need to stop trashing on Westbrook. We just do it too much. No, why? There's no such thing as too much. We got to find, we got to find another person to trash on, though. Tom Thibodeau, we already have that. Cleveland in general. <laughs> no, nah, I, I mean, I like the people from Cleveland, just not the, the geographical location. Yeah, yeah, we probably should just not uh, be tearing that place apart anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they've, had, they've had their chance. But anyways, actual actual things to consider with the new rule change is that the amount of possessions per game is going to go up. Yeah, definitely. And that's now, like I said, it was going to speed the game up, which I actually really like so far. I, I think that that's going to be something that will be that that's definitely to look for, because uh, when teams just with just with possessions going up, like an NBA game takes a long time now. That's at, like, least it's, at least it's not like NFL length. Yeah, it's a pretty I, I mean, it's a pretty good medium. It could go up or down a couple of minutes either way, and it's still going to be in a good length. Thing is, they also the the games have already been shrunk down a lot because they got rid of those timeout rules a few about a year or two ago. So it, if a game's already going at a faster pace, it's you might actually be able to finish games in an hour and a half now at this point. That was that was only last year that they did the timeout rule. I think the no the only two timeouts within however many minutes of the last quarter. Did right? they get rid of the twenty second too? Yeah, it, they're all they're all 60, 60 seconds now, right? Uh, something like that. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. There's no, there's no variation in the, in the length for yeah. sure though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <sighs> but yeah, just with, uh, these fewer timeouts, I don't know if it'll go down to something like an hour and a half, but, uh, because I think an NBA game was still clocking in around like two hours, 15 minutes, two hours, 30 minutes. And this rule isn't going to do something like lower game time by like 45 minutes or something like that. But it is a step in the right direction because I think that people are kind of wanting quicker things now. Like, honestly, I feel like that's something, one reason why soccer has become a lot more popular because it's hour and a half like two hours at the most including halftime and you're done that's what it is and i think i think people like that and nfl games take forever baseball games take even longer which is why i don't watch baseball (laughs) and that and but yeah i think that it's a great step in the right direction of the nba to make games shorter and yeah it's 
it's definitely good for a casual fan. The NBA nuts don't mind waiting the two and a half, three hours to listen to a game or watch a game. They don't mind that. But for a casual fan, it's gonna is I think it's gonna make more people turn on to the sport. So. Yeah, but in that same in that same area though, um, there is potential that it could that there the other rule changes they made could potentially extend the length of the game because one of the things that they also did was that they expanded what can trigger a replay for hostile acts on like a flagrant two foul, and that was extended to coaches, fans, and refs. And I mean, I'm all for safety of everything and stuff like that but it already feels like there are a lot of replays going on during games and that they've changed so many rules in the last few years to make it make so many replays i mean it's just the worst thing when we're watching a close game in the last two minutes and we have to sit there and watch a five minute replay of an out of bounds call they they really put fans in there fans is the rule so they're like if if fans react to something, then they can go back and look at the replay, or what? No, I mean, what? I think that's the. I think the basis of it is if like a player makes contact with a fan, like oh. that would. Oh. And or, or you know what? That might actually be what you were talking about. That it. Uh, I'm reading. I'm looking at it right now, and. Uh, but yeah, it also includes interactions with another. It would be. It would extend beyond interactions with another player to also include a hostile interaction with a referee, coach, or a fan. So it is based on what the player does. Mm, okay. So no. So no. Like Reggie Miller, Spike Lee, or like Malice at the Palace, or anything. Well, I mean, it. It if there was something in between, like Reggie Miller and Spike Lee, where they actually like touched each other or something mm. like that. If they actually laid hands on each other, that would be something that would have been, uh, that would have been a hostile act that they can do, which is weird because I actually thought that was something they could review anyways. But I think it just means that it can tr- that it automatically triggers it. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm. Which actually, when you think about it, I'm not sure if that'll change too much because these kind of things don't happen that often in the nba it's more often that you see like a player diving into the crowd and like knocking someone's beer over or like the, uh, who was it or like lebron Rod knocking the phone out of that one fan <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah just smacks the phone yeah i guess we did see more of that over this last year it seemed like i like it i love it i love seeing when players like shit talk and, and trash talk and interact with fans yeah i i wouldn't blame it if i were a player and i were mad at something i wouldn't want someone just holding their phone in my face i want to smack it out of their hand too oh exactly and it <laughs> you know i feel like that's one of the things that you should definitely be prepared for if you like if you sit courtside or very close to courtside or you you know like they're people i feel like people just view them as these entities that just just can take shit shit talking and name calling to their face all the time and but you know you're you're a genuine person you're gonna have emotions you you know you're gonna get angry when people talk to you like that so well i mean we we kind of have we've been obviously on that fan side of that too where you where we have been at games and uh said some things that maybe we shouldn't have maybe about matt barnes and uh Derek fisher incident when we went to a blazers kings game one time are, are you referring to to the infidelity in between uh Derek Fisher and Matt Barnes. Yes, the between uh the infidelity of Matt Barnes's wife with yeah, a yes, uh with, with a man by with an old man fisherman. 
Hold on, we're talking about when Derek Fisher fucked Matt Barnes' wife, right? Yeah, we're just not going to dance around it. Uh, oh, Derek okay. Fisher uh, banged Matt Barnes' wife real good. Get uh, rude. <laughs> Wait, how do you know it was good? Um, <laughs> sources confirm. <laughs> Woj bomb. <laughs> okay, back to the point, though. When When a fan starts talking shit to an NBA player, if you've noticed, like, if an NBA player comments back, most of the time, the fans like shocked and surprised when it happens. If you don't want to get yelled at by an NBA player, don't talk shit in the first place. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is people act surprised when, when a when a player comments back to them. Even you know, like if you like that, you remember that the uh, vine a long time ago when the the lady was talking to LeBron. He's like, LeBron, how's it feel to be a pussy ass bitch? And and LeBron like stares at her. Like if you went up and did that to a regular person. You'd, you'd probably get punched. Yeah, but, but because you do it to an NBA player, they're held to higher standards, you know? Do you guys remember the Marcus Smart? This is an NBA, but do you remember when Marcus Smart was playing at Oklahoma State? And the story was that this fan was there was there was a possibility that this fan was saying racial slurs to him but that all i know all that's really confirmed is that he was yelling at Marcus Smart and Marcus Smart went up and just shoved the guy. I do and, remember that. And then the guy's wife was like looking at him with this surprised look on her face. And it's just like, go off. Yeah. It's like, why wouldn't you expect him to do that? Especially if he was saying what the, there were some reports saying that he said, why wouldn't Marcus Smart respond like that? And then he got suspended. Yeah, he did. Yep. You always, uh, it's like when you're younger, when you, when you have younger siblings, they might've hit you first, but if you know, you're, you're the second one to do it. You're always going to be the one that gets caught. Mm-hmm. The person to retaliate always gets caught. Yep. Just the sad thing in the world. Never retail. Ne- never retaliate. <laughs> always retaliate. It makes for better reality television. Yep. And that's basically what the NBA is to us now. Really good reality television. I mean, if, you're, if your name is like Tristan Thompson or Lamar Odom or, or Odom or uh, who else? That Blake Griffin. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a James Harden, James Harden, with, uh, Kardashians. There's that's enough for like a starting five right there. Oh yeah. Oh, the Jenner Kardashian squad, huh? We should get them to t- that. That should be like uh, uh, you know the the basketball tournament that they do every year for like these retired players. Once they all retire, they need to put a team together of just all these Kardashian guys. No, who- let's just let's just send an expansion and send them to Seattle. Like oh, an eighty-two team. <laughs> Like all these like former Ohio State players who didn't quite make in the league, they all get together and form a team for this tournament. And it, it, I think it just has to be non NBA players who are in this tournament. And uh, once they all retire, I think they should get a Kardashian team together. It would be great. <laughs> they would probably win it all, actually. Honestly, yeah. Let's get back to the point. The Kanye other can one. be the general manager. Sorry, that's all. Is simplifying clear path fouls, which that's- I think. You do need to simplify the clear path fouls. They're so fucking confusing. Yeah, no one really knew what they meant for a while. But like the, they they simplified it to the point there are only three instances when a clear path would actually be called. A personal foul is committed on any offensive player during his team's transition scoring opportunity. That's good. When the foul occurs, the ball is ahead of the tip of the circle in the backcourt. So uh, no defensive player is ahead of the offensive player with the scoring opportunity. And that offensive player is in control of the ball or a pass to him has been released. And this, this is quoted directly from the rules, by the way. And 
The defensive foul deprives the offensive team of a transition scoring opportunity. Those are the three instances. So that does that just include intentional fouls in transition defense? Yeah, basically. I would assume so. Yeah, really, because there because last last year there was a lot of because uh, I know when I listen to like the games on TNT, they all the announcers would be like, "Oh, you hate it, you hate to see that." You know, that's just that's something that's evolved with the game. We didn't used to do that back in my days when someone would intentionally foul just to stop the transition offense. But... It, it's boring. It really is. It's not. It doesn't make it fun. So no, now no matter if there's a person in front of you. An intentional foul to stop the transition offense play is a clear pass foul. Well, it, it's still the same thing of like where there's no, no defensive player ahead. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I just really hope that this takes back. This cuts back on the number of instant replays that they use. That's really the only thing because we were just talking about how we were how instant replays are kind of have kind of run amok in the NBA or just in all sports in general nowadays. Especially especially in the World Cup. Oh man. At least I don't think we'll ever get to that extent where they can go back and review like at any at any given point prior in the game if there was like a a, a foul in the box and you could get a PK. Yeah, I don't I don't think we'll ever get that bad. But maybe I mean maybe I could be wrong. Maybe at the end of the game they'll go back and see every foul that they miss on tape and then award each team free throws and then they all shoot free throws at the end of the game for the foul calls that they missed and then the game is decided after the free throws are shot. <laughs> that would just be awful. I can't see anything like that ever <laughs> happening. And also the good thing about the NBA is that if they ever have to go back and review anything, they have a lot more uh, breaks in the game than soccer does. So that's that's where I think that would play in. But yeah, I just – this is – it's just much easier. I think it's just great that they're cutting back on the on the on the replays, especially because it was like we were said before. It's boring to watch replays yeah. all the time. Any anything they can do to take the uncertainty out of a referee's job, or the more they can do to take the uncertainty out of a referee's job, the better. Especially now with uh, instant replays being in a uh, Secaucus, New Jersey, the home of the NBA Replay Center. And nothing else. The home of the NBA Replay Center and nothing else. Garbage. <laughs> no, dude. Secaucus? No, 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 no. Dude, Secaucus is a nice place. I don't you know why it's people. the home of the NBA Replay Center. Don't you know? This isn't Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize yet again to Cleveland. Um, once again, go Browns. <laughs> We've never been there. I don't know what's come over with Cody. I've been to... I've been to Missouri, which is relatively close to Cleveland, and I hated that. Missouri's nowhere close to Cleveland. It's, it's closer than we are. We are. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's just not our fault that Oregon's just a great state. We're on the West Coast. Everybody on the East Coast is super far away from us. Missouri's like Midwest. Yeah, same with uh, Ohio. Yeah. So back off, buddy. They're still far away. <laughs> Relatively. Anyway, we're getting a little uh, off track here. Back, now, now we got to talk about another sem- another rule. <laughs> Let's just get back to talking about geography. Let's make us a geography <laughs> uh, podcast. Actually, those out. there aren't any more of the rule changes. There were only three main ones that they were talking about today. Okay, well, I guess... When I say rule, I'm referring to Kenneth Fareed being arrested due to the NBA and other franchises, such as the NFL's policy on uh, marijuana. 
Yeah, well, um, if anyone was looking in the news in the last few days, you would see that uh, Kenneth Fareed was arrested for a uh, misdemeanor. It was just a misdemeanor um, for marijuana. He'll probably be fine. No one, like, no one expects anything really to come out of this. But I just thought that this had a little, this gave me a little bit. And we're going to loosely tie into Blazer's Corner a little bit here because I just have some thoughts about this. Hold on, hold on. I would just like to preface. Preface? Pref- Anyways, I'd like to start this conversation off by letting the people know that they are getting opinions on marijuana from people who have smoked marijuana. Yeah, okay, ingested marijuana a total of zero, once or twice, and a handful of times. So we are definitely experts on the matter. Carry on. So weed is legal in Oregon. And my really only thought to say about this is, why isn't this more of a free agent poll for the Blazers? We know tons of NBA players smoke weed. Players get arrested for it all the time. Athletes get arrested for smoking weed all the time. It's just a very common thing for people to do. Why isn't this more of a free agent draw for Portland? I don't I don't think it's so much up to the law, the legality of it all. I feel like it's a franchise. You know, like even how weed is legal here, but some companies still force you to refrain from using it so if you get drugged if you get a ui and it shows you have marijuana in your system in the past however many hours if it just shows up in your system they can they can give you a refraction or fire you or whatever it's just up to the because when you you know when you sign on to that company or when you sign on to that franchise i'm sure you sign on the little dotted line that says, exactly yeah, I'm pretty sure it is still a banned substance by the NBA. I'm sure it is, which is probably going to – it might get Fareed like a one or two game suspension. Did Zebo get suspended when he got arrested he last did. year? Zebo was guns too, wasn't he though? No, no it was, no, it was no. just a lot of weed. <laughs> Moving them bricks. Yeah, it was, it was enough for them to qualify the intent to distribute, which that's just over a pound, I believe, I want to say. I have no idea. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but that was the only reason it was put as intent how to do distribute. You, how do you hit a player who's making millions of dollars with intent to distribute like, marijuana? Like I said, it was all based on the quantity that they had, and there was nowhere near that amount of quantity with Kenneth Fareed, it was, which is why it was just a misdemeanor. Man was just trying to roll up a, roll up a little bit, take the edge off, because, you know... Well, I mean, he also played in Denver for several years, where it is also legal, by the way. To, uh, purchase that good kush yep and i mean he went to brooklyn so i mean poor him it's not a, it's not not legal anymore yeah i don't know that that's a good question i don't know why it isn't more of a free agent pool i feel like it's probably not as big of a free agent pool because people can't openly be like yeah i one of the reasons i went to portland was so i could blaze it up whenever i wanted <laughs> you know yeah well you know enough players do it though <laughs> oh yeah 100%. i think it's only a matter of time before it becomes a non-banned substance i mean it's not a pd or anything like if if they want to smoke weed let them smoke weed man who cares yeah it's not like it would help your performance it would actually probably hurt your performance so guys who want to play well in the game couldn't do it i mean we saw we see michael beasley he's (laughs) (laughs) dude's gotten in trouble for it so many times and he's just 10 percent of your brain man (laughs) i think i think there might be some other substances to to blame other than weed for that one but which the funny thing is something that just came up I was thinking of is is with so many players coming out and talking about their mental health, how long is it before somebody draws the comparison that a lot of people use marijuana, a lot of people smoke weed to help cope with depression and anxiety and stress? Like that's 
that's a legitimate medicinal purpose that marijuana is used for. And a lot of people, a lot of players in the NBA are coming forward now speaking up about their mental health and about their depression and anxiety. So, I mean, is it going to come down to the point where certain players have like medicinal marijuana cards or, you know, is there going to be a workaround or what? Uh, I think that'd be a great idea, honestly, if player, if that helps with uh, players who are having these issues, like players like Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan, those guys who have come out and spoken out on these issues. It would be great if they, if, that, if that stuff helps a player. I don't see why they shouldn't be able to do it. And I think that the NBA is a very uh, forward-thinking league in the way where they I, – because, I mean, j- pot is recreationally legal in Oregon, but it is also – but it is medicinally legal in many more states than it is here in and Oregon. It, yeah, it generally is medicinally legal before yeah. it's rec- – you know, that's just kind of how – people. it's getting harder and harder to deny – it's almost impossible at this point to deny the medical benefits from it, right? And so I feel like there's no, I mean, obviously there's downsides to everything, but I feel like it's hard to ignore the very minimal downsides of it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's going to be the thought of the NBA within the next probably five or six years, I would assume, because that just seems to be where everything's going. And I feel like the NBA will become just one of these leagues that like they'll probably they've been trend centers lately the NBA has and I think that that'll eventually ha- like they'll do it they'll that and maybe other leagues will follow suit probably not the NFL because they seem to do everything wrong but <laughs> I was I was just about to say thank God Adam Silver's not Roger Goodell he's <laughs> they're literally the opposite Roger Goodell's like team first owner first and then Adam Silver's all about a player run league so you're doing a good job Adam props to you man mm-hmm. so. On the point of anxiety and depression in the NBA and players using weed recreationally to help with their anxiety and depression. Well, if, it's, if, it's, if they're using it to help with their anxiety and depression, it's not recreational. It's medicinal. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Medicinal. For medicinal purposes. Right. I mean it that way. Um, so this week, what's your guys' take on the NBA owners wanting medical records from the players, like mental health records? They want everything they want all their mental history and most players are against it because they consider it a breach of privacy because so many people in the nba are against saying what's wrong with them in general they're just too they don't want to bring up that kind of stuff because it's personal so what do you think they should be forced to give their mental health records to everybody i don't think it should be absolutely not yeah no it's most employers like it's very i if rare if ever i'm not very educated on the subject but i don't think employers are usually allowed to have medical records like that no it's uh, it's, yeah it's it's well the funny thing it's uh just recently in the news I, i believe it was last night i was uh i was watching it was in washington there was this lady who worked it this is definitely different scenario but very applicable to what we're talking about tangent of all tangents (laughs) okay it's not that bad relax um there was a lady who was pregnant and she applied for a job got the job and then the day after that she told the general manager or whoever that hey on my due date obviously i'm going to need maternity leave which is unpaid you know i think it's like uh, shoot two or three months unpaid in the united states and they fired her you know, because the manager's thought was, hey, you didn't disclose this information to me in the interview. And if it's going to impede 
your your attendance, your work performance, then we don't want you, right? But if she if she were able to come to work and do her job and perform well, aside from the maternity leave, then you know obviously there would have been no problem. So I feel like that's one of those things where it's none of the owner's business. It's none of the NBA owner's business, especially if it's not impacting their performance, impacting their numbers and how they play basketball. Now, if, if Kevin Love had come out and said he was depressed and then all of a sudden started putting up two points, two rebounds, you know, then maybe there would be a, hey, like, what can we do to help you? Like, we need your medical records to try and help you. But All I that should like- be behind the scenes, though. It should be non-disclosed and just not brought up to the media. I don't think if Kevin Love doesn't want it brought up to the media, they have to do it behind closed doors and not let everybody else know about that because some people are prideful about that and they don't want people to know about it. Well, I think I think in that prop, in the proposition, it wouldn't have been being disclosed to the public. It would have best been being disclosed to the owners. But still, that's still a breach of their privacy in a way. I, I don't think, yeah. I, I like what I was just saying about the NBA seeming to be always in the right direction of everything. Uh, I don't think they'd go for that. I don't think that would fly at all, especially with how much power that the Players Association seems to have now. It's like they're that, that won't happen. The, the Players Association will fight against that super hard. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's unfair for owners and I, obviously I don't know if there was a majority of owners or who who was speaking out about this. They but. haven't come out and said it. I think it's I think it's a very taboo topic and I think it was brave of, of Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan to come out and bring light to an issue that I'm sure a lot of people face in the NBA and a lot of players have to deal with and it's general. Yeah, it's just unfortunate that somebody would try and take advantage of a person trying to bring light to a situation that has impacted them and that they're trying to turn it into a positive thing by sharing their experience. I feel like doing that and then be like, "Hey, Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan spoke out about something that impacts their lives in a negative way and they have to struggle with on a daily basis. So we want to make a rule that makes it easier for us to deal with that as owners. Like that's just a shitty thing to do, just like on a personal level. Yeah, which is why I doubt that's going to happen. It's- I understand medical records, mental health records. No. Right. So. Right. Adam Silver won't let that happen because he's not Roger Goodell. See, and I, <laughs> I, I get why the owners would want it, but it just from a personal standpoint is not going to fly. So, Yep, too bad. Suck it, owners. Not you, Paul Allen. You're cool. <laughs> yeah, we love you, man. I doubt he's one of the people going for it, so. Nah. Well, that was a pretty good, pretty good discussion about rules and, and policies around the leagues. Yeah, we got a little bit more political than we uh expected to because we started talking about uh you know marijuana um legalization and then also uh 420 blaze it that's basically our stance um manu ginobili came out in the last day or so and said that he's considering retiring and that he was going to uh meet with greg popovich and make his decision within the next few days, which by the time this pod is being published, the, the news will probably have already come out, whether he's retiring or staying. So to keep this relevant, I think that we should have a real discussion because Ginobili is 41 years old now. His case probably isn't going to change much in the next couple of years. What do you guys think of Manu Ginobili going into the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Yeah, man. I, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll list his uh, accomplishments here. Um, here's just his NBA stats. 
He is a four-time champion with the uh, with his entire career with the San Antonio Spurs. He's a two-time All-Star. He's a sixth man of the year. His career average, he has a career average of 13.3 points per game, 3.8 assists, 3.5 rebounds, 1.3 steals. And if you go on, Basketball Reference has their Hall of Fame calculator that uh, goes through their uh, NBA careers and basically decides what the percentage chance of him making the Hall of Fame. And they only have him at a 20% chance. But the caveat there is you said they only take into account the NBA NBA statistics and NBA accolades and accomplishments, right? Yep, that's it. They don't take into account that he's that he's won a gold medal in the Olympics. Which that I saw this argument on Twitter the other day that that one gold medal with the uh, with the Argentinian Argentinian, yeah, yeah, the Argentinian national team in what two thousand seven, two thousand four, two thousand four. Okay, my that was way off. And uh, that one gold medal in two thousand four is more impressive than any NBA championship Kevin Durant has won thus far or all of them put together for that matter. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to, that, that's a, that's an interesting debate to go through and I'm going to agree with you there, (laughs) which I mean, that was probably the worst U S team that's been put together in the last uh, 25 years. Uh, basically dating all the way back to the 92 dream team that was the worst u.s team because they only won the bronze which the u.s should be winning the gold in every single olympics so it was pretty pathetic that they couldn't do it but the fact that argentina came through they pulled through and uh were able to win they were able to win the gold led by just a great player in Manu ginobili and he was their best player by yeah, yeah let's see here here's their uh here's their roster i'll list off noticeable names okay Manu ginobili Luis Scola. Hey man, Scola's good. Scola Scola. was good. No, 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 no. He was good back then, but that's there's a whole lot of. uh, Here, I'll read off the whole roster or attempt to. Uh, Leonardo Gutierrez, Hugo something something, Gabriel Fernandez, Carlos Delfino, Walter Herman. I'm Delfino. Yeah, okay. Delfino, yeah. Pepe Sanchez, Ruben, super Argentinian last name, Fabricio Alberto. And then Andres Nocioni or something. Welcome to Argentinian with Cody. That's to, that's been today's lesson. <laughs> yeah, basically, I get the point they're trying to make that Manu was the team. He was the team. Like, the, like Scola was a good player, Ginobili, but Ginobili was the star of that team. And the fact that they were able to just pull through and win that uh, win that gold medal was probably just it might it could arguably be the best. Uh, accomplishment of Manu Ginobili's career depends on how he values NBA championships versus world championships. Mm -hmm. I would assume a player would value NBA championships a little more because those are seem to be, well, I guess in terms of if you're beat, if the U S if you're finishing ahead of the U S I feel like that would mean more than like the U S player winning a gold medal. Cause that's just the expected. It's like, Oh, playing with the Warriors when you're Kevin Durant. But. Okay, and so, so for reference, here's here's the U.S. team. Carmelo Anthony, Carlos Boozer, Tim Duncan, Allen Iverson, LeBron James, Richard Jefferson, Stephon Marbury, Sean Marion, Lamar Odom, Ameka Okafor, Amari Sotomayor, Dwayne Wade. Yeah, and you're not taking into account that Melo, LeBron, and Wade were all in like their second year at this time. Right. 
and they barely played at all. They gave the veterans more time in that, which uh, but still, that's a damn good basketball team. I mean, that's it's, a great, it's, it's not you know, it's definitely not the dream team or the dream team round two. But I still, they should have won. They definitely oh, yeah. should have won. Yeah, they definitely should have won, and it's just, uh, yeah, but those players who were on that team still talk about it, about how that was like one of their biggest, fa- how that was one of the biggest failures of their basketball career because they should have won. And that's, it's, but hey, they feel like it's, to put it simply, it's pathetic that, they, that the U.S. didn't win it because they're just so much more stacked than everyone year in and year out. So the fact that they didn't win is just, it's not good. It's and, mind-boggling. Yeah, but... Other accomplishments of Manu Ginobili's career include that when he played in Italy before he came to the NBA, he won an MVP when in the Italian league, which that's that's something to note as well. And it's just the Hall of Fame is not the NBA Hall of Fame. It is the Basketball Hall of Fame. You have people from all facets of basketball. I, years ago, I saw a high school coach get inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. I, I, you can, yeah. It's if you take an entire career into account, Ginobili is a Hall of Famer. He might not be first ballot, but he's going to make it. I think a four-time champ, a gold medalist, a two-time All-Star, a six-man of the year, and a international MVP in in Italy is worth a Hall of Fame. So plus, let's not even uh forget the fact that during some points he was arguably the the person who he was arguably the person who was just killing everyone on his Spurs teams. Like when it seems like whenever they needed a big shot, he was the guy to go to. Well, and he was that way last year too. He's still that guy. Yeah. You remember when he played the Oh, there was a game where he had like 11 straight points. Yeah. It was during a late season game against the Spurs this year. And it was when we were in the playoff race and everything. And he was just killing us. He like he posted like he threw down a couple slammers too. I was talking to a friend of mine who was a Spurs fan after that game, and he was just he was talking so much trash. Like Manu still got it, and he and his favorite player of all time is Manu. He's a likable guy. He's not. He's got no no scandals. No, I mean he's always he's doing good for the community. He's super nice guy. Just let me just say about Manu too. He's always been such an unselfish player. I mean, he could have taken, I think, is I mean, his point averages aren't the highest and they aren't the greatest, like, numbers, but that's because he took a backdoor seat to Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and he was just, like, the biggest team guy on that team. And he could have produced more if he was in a bigger role. Yeah, and he could have easily produced more numbers than that, and he chose not to because he chose to win, which I think makes him one of the better players in the league because not many people are that unselfish. Yeah, there's no uh, shame in uh, taking a backseat to the to a top 10 player in NBA history. <laughs> in, top in, five. Well, the, whoa, Nelly. We're getting maybe, a little... Uh, we're getting a little... Uh, five. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Anyways. Tim Duncan's better than MJ. No, no. no. no but no, the real not, take, but... Tim Duncan is better than Kobe Bryant. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. There we go. Sorry, that's, Doug. that's all I gotta say. I was gonna say you mad, Doug. That's all. Shout out to our boy Doug who loves Cody. Uh, Kobe. I love. I mean, he also does. He better love me. All right. Well, so I think we're all in consensus that Mono Ginobili definitely belongs in the Hall of Fame. 
Yeah, without a doubt. I, if he doesn't make if he doesn't make the Hall of Fame, it would honestly be one of the biggest travesties, in my opinion. So yeah, retire or don't retire, man. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, man. Well, we'll love you. We'll love you no matter what. Well, it's time that we transition over to Blazers Corner, the portion of our podcast where we discuss our beloved Portland Trail Blazers. Um, there wasn't too much going on in the Blazers uh, this week, um, mostly rumors. And in this, in uh, Bleacher Report published an article about every player for one, uh, one player that every team should target during the trade deadline or like around the trade deadline. And for the Blazers, they want us to swing big and go for Jimmy Butler. Oh, and the uh, the pl- the Bleacher Report uh, the Bleacher Report guy was Grant Hughes, by the way. This was his article that we're quoting here, and he, uh, yeah, he said that the Blazers should target Jimmy Butler around the trade deadline, and that uh, he didn't think it would take too much for the team to get him if he's unhappy in Minnesota and is basically going to leave at the end of the season. He said that he thought that a package centered around Evan Turner and a first-round pick should be enough to get him. You like what are you, weed, Jimmy? <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts on that? Okay. Okay. Why the fuck would Minnesota do this? Like, for real. Evan Turner and a first-round pick for Jimmy Butler is a steal for us. I would do that in a heartbeat. That's, like, not even a question. I mean... Evan Turner's what average five or six points for us this year and a first round pick that's probably going to be in the late 20s next year for a top 15, 20 player in the NBA. That's that's hands down. You do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, so. even for a two month rental, I couldn't I couldn't see why we wouldn't want to do that's that. Win. I mean, even then we dump his salary and then bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, I mean, Evan Turner's contract, I think, is going to start to become a little more tradable in this net like around the trade deadline of this year because whoever gets him will only be stuck with him for uh sorry that i say stuck with him but it's true stuck with evan turner's contract for about a season and a half at that point and then you get him off the books and you're fine if you want to dump a player that's great and minnesota would get an extra first round pick out of it and yeah i mean the real thing is though is i don't see why minnesota would do that because uh, I like well, Wyatt said Wyatt said it perfectly. I don't know why they would want a twenty of uh, draft pick that will probably be in the low twenties for Jim and Evan Turner, who is a player who has not necessarily been a guy who you want on the court when he's. I mean, if he's gone anyways, right? Yeah, hey, that's the only logic I can see is get something out of him if you think that he's leaving anyways. But I feel like there's other teams could offer more. The only reason I think that they would do this is if the Timberwolves are really, really underperforming. And if, they, if it looks like that they're not going to make the playoffs or something, maybe that first round pick for the Blazers seems a little bit more nice to them, like they might like it better. Because they might want to go in a rebuilding direction and just, I mean, they're already centered around cap, but they might think, okay, Jimmy Butler's not working out. So we just got to get rid of him. They'll take E.T.'s contract, which actually not even E.T.'s contract, but any of our bad contracts are going to look more favorable by the trade deadline. Like, so Evan Turner, Myers, they're, we could probably get off. I would, I would be surprised if the Blazers don't get off the books of one of them by trade deadline. 
but you know, there's not much else that really goes into it. Yeah. Well, this Bleacher Report article also made some other comments. There were also two Blazers involved in uh, trades who they thought certain teams should go for. Um, in Sacramento's account, they said that the Kings should go after Evan Turner, of, surprisingly. If you guys have seen that at all. Okay, you can have him. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I go can through as well. Can we just trade him for cast considerations, honestly? like. Um, basically what their suggested, uh, thing is, is that, well, they say that, the Sacramento needs a small forward and Evan Turner would be a great guy to, uh, to upgrade over the young Justin Jackson. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Justin Jackson hey man, can shoot better. They're the Kings. If, as long as they're thinking about it, we'll, we'll uh, we'll consider it. And, uh, but True. in this, in this scenario, it has the Blazers giving them a first rounder. And Evan Turner, and gives us Costa Kufus's expiring $8.7 million contract. No, fuck no. Hell no. Yeah, the expiring contract, which means at the end of the season it'd be done. You have Costa Kufus for half a season, and he's if done. You, if, you take the, if you take the pick out, I'm down. I would say still do it with the pick if we just get off Turner's deal. Yeah. I, I mean, we kind of, we're kind of in that situation where... We already have a ton of rookies. I don't want us to rebuild anyways right now. So we might as well attach one of our picks, get rid of it, and let our young guys that we have now develop and work on getting veterans in the offseason. Yeah, but you so, can use that pick for something better than an expiring Costa Kufis contract. Like, It's probably what we'd have to do if we want to get rid of Evan Turner early, though, and keep him fresh for the rest of Lillard's prime, which his his... Contract has been a hindrance to our uh to to our progress so far as a team. We've been unable to really attempt to make any moves because we're just locked in our cap space. And honestly, doing something like getting rid of Evan Turner, even if it means giving up a first round pick, that's something I would be interested in. I'd rather just write it out. Honestly, we're not winning ASAP, anyways. I'd rather just write it out, keep the pick, get ready for that double draft coming, boys. Yeah, well. The last, the other player who was uh, attached in this Bleacher Report article was it has CJ McCollum listed as a player that a team should target, and this is the Detroit Pistons. Blake Griffin. Uh, the basically the the yeah, it would be uh CJ McCollum and Evan Turner for Blake Griffin and Stanley Johnson. I'm not trading CJ McCollum for Blake Griffin's corpse. That's not gonna yeah, happen. That's basically my quick thoughts on that are no. Hmm. Hmm. You're thinking about it. Griffin's contract is way too much Boy, money. No, no, I want to hear Cody's thoughts. What uh, he's thinking about it. Same, same player, except you give me Reggie Jackson too, and I'll take it. Um. Well, it also said on. Uh, it says in the article that he believes that McCollum's arrival would signal the depart departure of Reggie Jackson, which would also be fine. Was just that a uh, Detroit is not very uh, confident in Reggie. I, I would. I I would take. I would take Reggie Jackson and Blake, and then. Run, run Reggie Jackson at the point, and then put Dame at the two. And I mean, the guy comments at the end of this. If I'm a Blazers fan, I'm laughing for several minutes before hanging up on the Pistons. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, that's I feel like that's the only way I would consider it. Blake Griffin's deal is still another four years, I believe. Yeah, and it's a, a nearly a hundred and forty-four million dollars, and. 
I'm not wasting that money on Blake Griffin. He's too old and he gets hurt too much. He's not going to be do, that Maybe we do that deal. Maybe we do that deal and, and the deal with the Bulls. And then our roster is Reggie Jackson. With the Bulls? Or you mean or, the oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm, I'm stuck in two years ago, two or three years ago. Um, the Timberwolves. Yeah maybe, yeah, maybe we do that deal with the Timberwolves too. And then our starting lineup would be Reggie, Dame, Jimmy, Blake, and uh, Yusuf. The big difference is I don't know if Reggie Jackson's contract could be traded along with Blake Griffin's because he has a big contract as well. Food for thought. Yeah, well, I still don't like I still don't like that team at all. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah no, probably not. Yeah, and I don't see anything like that happening anytime soon. No, uh, Paul or uh, not Paul Allen. Um, Neil Neil Olshay is too pussy to do anything big like that. Yeah, well, I mean, the only, like, obviously this, uh, in this article, the only one that seems very Blazers friendly is that potential Jimmy Butler trade, which is... Please. The Sacramento one that I didn't think was too bad. Either, I didn't think that was bad either. That's not helping us win, though. That's just helping us No, it gets us, it's helping us for the future. Yeah. Jimmy Butler helps us win games now. Exactly. Which I don't think that we're going to land Jimmy. Stop. Stop with the negative energy. Positive <laughs> vibes only. Yeah, we getting Jimmy. We getting Kawhi next year. We're gonna trade Evan Turner, free up cap space. We're gonna sign Kawhi. Then we're gonna sign Kevin Durant for the Vets minimum. Championships in Portland, baby. There's my optimism. Raining championships Jimmy, up in this bitch. Jimmy Butler is going to be going to Miami, and he's gonna buy a house right next to Dwayne Wade's, and he's gonna try and flirt with Gabrielle Union every single day, and then Dwayne's just gonna rock him. Well, damn. <laughs> That's why I want Jimmy on my team, man. If he's willing to shoot a shot with a married with a married woman, I, I want him on my team. Yeah, man. If 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 Jimmy's willing to shoot his shot at Gabrielle, the Blazers should be willing to shoot their shot at Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. Hey, he's still going to that barbecue though. <laughs> You see that? Did you see his response? Yeah. yeah. I'm still coming to the barbecue, though. <laughs> Can I come to the barbecue? I mean, yeah. Okay. No, All you'd right. you'd hit on Gabrielle Union, too. So. Nah, Dwayne Wade scares the shit out of me. <laughs> he go crazy. Anyways, now we get to take that time, the very special time in every podcast that we get to dedicate. It's, okay, pro- other than the prior two podcasts, because they were already chock full of important information that your ears needed to listen to back to our regular segment that we take time out of our week to do every week why it's lukewarm take okay guys i was i was i did not have a lukewarm take for today until about 15 minutes ago and i think i found a pretty good one it's kind of in the news right now, and a lot, and some people have talked about it, but it still is definitely a lukewarm take. I've been hearing around the league. The 2019 free agency will be when the Warriors break up officially. They're going to end in 2019. Durant is going to go somewhere else, or Clay is going to go somewhere else. Who's it going to be? I th- I'll take both. I'll take both for 500, Alex. Uh, Shit, I, I missed miss Jeopardy tonight, guys. Oh, me too. It's eight thirty. <laughs> Jeopardy's on seven. Damn. I know. You actually watch Jeopardy every single night. I watch oh it. I watch, I watch it like half the week. I watch. Like, I watch it like three days a week. <laughs> Jeopardy's good stuff. Yeah. Jeopardy pod in the work, guys. <laughs> Alex Trebek, feel free to come on our podcast anytime. Yeah, if, Trebek. If you're if unknown, if you're a basketball fan, 
Come on here. We'll let you know. Hell, we, you don't even have to talk about basketball. We'll come on the pod. You can talk about whatever you want. You're Alex Trebek. You can do whatever you want. I'll take podcasts for 200, Alex. Mm-hmm. This uh-huh. mediocre podcast is based in Portland, <laughs> and they are very, very bad. They have a thing against Cleveland. <laughs> Who is small ball market? Yes. Ding. <laughs> All righty. Oh, so they are called um, SBM for short. That's a, good, that's a really good acronym, honestly. You know how some acronyms have a good ring to it? Ours has a good ring to it. Yeah, well, we're getting a little off track here. What do we oh, think of why it's lukewarm take? No, um... No, I buy it. I think Kevin Ray and Clay go somewhere else. Um, I still think you have Draymond, Curry, and possibly, possibly Boogie. Um, but that's, that's still probably good enough to get some stuff done. Yeah, I but I think Boogie's gone. That's, really? that's that. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe if possibly, you know, if Durant and Clay were to both leave, they would re-sign Boogie. But I'll buy it. Yeah, but if either one of those guys stay, they probably couldn't afford him. If he. Clay's gonna get paid. That's gonna be that's that's the fact. There, Clay's gonna get paid good. Well, and Durant would have sold me on the the fact that he'd be willing to stay if he wouldn't have put the player option in his contract. See, I think as much as he talks like perception of him in the media doesn't matter to him, I think it really does. And I think that he's gonna get his with the Warriors, which he already has. If he left right now. People would be like, okay, you got your titles, you got your finals MVPs. Uh, he's kind of on the LeBron path in the way that uh, LeBron won his titles with uh, Miami and everyone hated him as the villain for those few years. And he, if he goes somewhere else, he could be the hero again as he was very well loved in Oklahoma City for years. And uh, I'm not saying he would go back to Oklahoma City. I think he would go to a different team, but uh, – I think that he's just on this on this path where he wants to basically play where he wants when he wants. I think he's just going to be one of those guys who signs short term deals, plays with these teams, plays with these teams. So he, I think he wants to win one more by himself, though. Maybe craft his own team instead of joining an already established Golden State. Maybe come to Portland. Nah, no, he's he, not going to do that. He said in his podcast with CJ that we had our chance. <laughs> yeah well he went to the warriors so anything is possible yeah here's the thing too if i was ever, any team in the nba right now this coming off season every team in the league offers these guys as much money as they can pay for them just to break up the warriors i think somebody is willing to give not that they'd be bad contracts or these guys level of players but some of these guys would be willing to go through cap hell just to break up the Warriors. And honestly, whoever does it is going to be my new favorite team. They're going to be <laughs> they're going to be heroes of the NBA if they if they break up the Warriors. And I think if even if one of those guys goes, if Clay goes, Irk Durant goes, the Warriors could be in trouble. Their their leg their legacy is going to still be there, but they're I think we're in for a new champion the next year if they lose one of those guys. So. Yeah, well. The guys who I think are warriors for life are Steph and Draymond. I think Draymond is going to stay no matter what. And Steph, I think, is... Obviously. Steph is obvious. He's the franchise icon. He's going to stay there for his entire career. He's going to have a statue built, built of him outside whatever stadium they're building in San Francisco right now. And, and uh, he, totally, he totally deserves it. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. He's like, He's 
definitely deserves it. He's the best player in franchise history. It's obvious. And yeah, it's better than really best player in franchise history. Who would be ahead of him? Didn't Will play on the on the Warriors? The Philadelphia Warriors when they were in Philadelphia. I mean, but, same franchise, but you know. Yeah, I don't know. I think like in terms of like championships and legacy and I if you're only going by time at Golden State, it's definitely uh it's definitely staff. <laughs> time in in the You're doing my boy State. Monte Ellis a disservice. That <laughs> <laughs> Clay goes to they sign back Monte Ellis. <laughs> that would be so fun for me. Brenda. Go back to winning 26 games in a season. <laughs> well, that'd be, uh, yeah, well, I guess with the Warriors have won so much that if they were to go back to winning 26 games, I wouldn't care. <laughs> I just need a break from them. I just want to see them lose all of their players next season and then miss the playoffs. <laughs> that would make me happy. Then we could start talking about them again. Yeah, then they'd be, uh, then they'd be, quali- then they'd qualify for small ball market. There you go, guys. That's your that's your incentive to be shitty again. Is we can small ball market. We'll talk about you in our podcast, even though we're talking about them right now. Shit, this is on Wyatt for his lukewarm take. Oh shoot! So lukewarm. far, both of your worth lukewarm takes have been about big market teams. Lukewarm takes is on the outside of. Says you. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. I, I'll think of a better one next time. Crap. Yeah, maybe one before fifteen they're minutes. Kinda, they're kind of for small ball market. It doesn't matter. These these players are going to go to small markets. Durant's going to go to the Sacramento Kings, and Clay Thompson is going to go to. Quit try quit trying to save it. It's yeah. dead. It's dead already. <laughs> well, I think it's about time that we wrap this up. Wrap it up. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Small Ball Market. Um. Tune in. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you rate us five stars only. Please. Yes, we only take five stars. I mean, there, no, no, no. There's a button for, for fewer stars, but only press five stars. It would make us very sad if you didn't press five stars. Um, I don't do good with rejection. <laughs> <laughs> None of us do. But um, if you have any questions or anything, you can always DM us on Twitter at smallballmarket. Or email us at smallballmarket at gmail.com. Um, we will be, feel free to answer anything. And um, who knows, we might even say some stuff on the pod like about it sometime. But it's, it's, it's going to be getting real hard to come up with content this deep into the off season. Yeah, we still have about a month or two until the season starts. And uh, we're, we're, we're missing basketball right now. It's still so early into the off season. Next pod, I think, is going to be our first pod recording from a remote location. Oh, oh yeah, I'll be in, I'll, well, if I'm alive still. Yeah, Cody's going to Hawaii for uh, well, he's gonna go visit the hurricane in Hawaii. I just love hurricanes. Yep, that's exactly. No, yeah. So, uh, flying to Hawaii on uh, Saturday, there will be. I think it's supposed to be downgraded to a Category One by then, and pretty far off the coast of uh of Oahu where I'll be going. So, we should be all right. But you know, if I die, it's been real. River will take my spot. Shout out, River. Definitely not Taylor. Not a shout out, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> all these, all these uh, inside subliminal messages type type deals to that my grandma won't understand when she listens to the podcast. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those are all our listeners so far. So, <laughs> so please yeah. share our podcast. <laughs> please share. We have fives of listeners right now. <laughs> fives. All right. 
But anyway, um, we hope Cody doesn't die in the next week. We would hate to have to find a new co-host, but make sure you tune in next week for another edition of Small Ball Market. See you later. See ya.